0: from Fort Worth, Texas and Fort Worth Camera, home to uh, photography in North Texas, I like to think. And this is our first experiment at an actual podcast because podcasts are all the rage, even though they're not actually played on pods anymore, are they? It's just mostly phones and stuff, right? That's the way I understand. Okay. And today we're hoping to start launch a, a new audio interview series with one of our nine Fort Worth Camera Ambassadors and today we have with us Brandon Cunningham. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having you me. You are fantastic and there's a lot going on in your life right now with photography and such and uh, I do want to start with uh, how many questions do we have written down anyway? I have one, two, three, four and the bonus fifth question which everyone is going to be asked <laughs> as we go along. but. I do want to say that thanks for being part of our Fort Worth Photo Fest Plug, May 10th through the 21st. And uh, your presentation is going to be on uh, so-called humanitarian photography, but I want to know from you, in your own words, what does that actually mean to you? And if that actually is the correct term we should use for your
1: style. It's very much, um, it's, it's not a direct term, but it, it, it definitely dances around what I, what I do. And uh, it's where I found my passion and humanitarian photography is a way to take what I am passionate about which is photography and the other portion of that is human connection. Um, I've always been interested in people and and I love being surrounded by people and it's that that human connection where uh, I get to explore uh, with my photography.
0: I'm actually writing down human connection, right on the little pad right here. That's a great term. And it's something that just kind of goes hand in hand or everyone should employ that with their photography, human connection. Even if you're just a landscape photographer, there still needs to be some sort of human connection.
1: Absolutely. Um, a lot of your best, like you mentioned landscape, a lot of your best landscape um, photos, in my opinion, actually have a subject in them. Yeah. It allows the, us as humans to relate to whether it's just the size of the image or the mere landscape itself or what we envision ourselves being there in that moment that, that the photographer was or the hiker or whoever else was in the image. But that human connection uh, I weigh heavily on whether I'm here in the United States or outside of the country and a lot of times traveling outside of the country I feel that human connection more. Yeah and I think that's why I'm trying to bring some of that back and I'm hoping that some of that comes through in my presentation during PhotoFest is, is bringing back that human connection. Sure, we have a camera between us, but it's the relationship that I build before and after I snap that shutter that is more important to me than the actual image itself. Right, yeah, that's, that's well said. Now, you did give a presentation
0: of so-called humanitarian photography back in, gosh, when was that? October? Yes. Yeah. It was, it was early fall or late summer, but you have since gone from, you've been to Africa twice. Yes. Yes. Okay. And you just came back from India and you, in addition to kind of taking amazing images and everything we understand of India is just super color and texture, but you, you came away with an image that ended yourself up on a cover of, well, not you, but your image on the cover of a magazine.
1: Yeah, I actually, I, I enter contests every now and then, and I happen to submit a couple images to Digital Photo Pro Magazine. Yeah. And by the way, for our listening audience, right now
0: we have a listening audience, that's pretty exciting, um, award-winning photographer, Brandon, Brandon Cunningham. Yes. Um, continue.
1: Yeah, so the, I submitted those images, uh, a couple images to the magazine, and a couple months passed, and the editor-in-chief, David Scholes, reached out to me, and said separately the marketing department would be contacting me but he was very interested um, in in having one of the images I submitted as the cover Mm. and I obviously jumped at the opportunity I was honored and so yeah the Digital Photo Pro puts out a magazine every two months and so it's the April-March or March-April edition of Digital Photo Pro has my image on I'm the cover? stands now? On stands now. I do know you can get it at Barnes & Noble. Cool. I've heard of that place. <laughs> uh, tell me about the cover shot itself. The cover sure. shot is titled Hookah Man. Um, I'm sure that his photo has been uh, taken many, many, many times. There is a fort in Rajasthan and he sits within the fort as sort of a prop. It's his daily job. He has yeah. a beautiful beard and just the most interesting uh, textures to his face. He is a delightful gentleman. Uh, spoke to him for quite a few minutes and uh, snapped his photo and probably spent 20-30 minutes with him just because I enjoyed his character and, and what he represented and he was a jolly man and, and, and that came through in the image. Yeah, it's, it's a fascinating image. It's got such
0: I mean, the image itself is great. the The post processing is uh, shows exhibits a lot of talent. and it, It's silvery. It's uh, has so much texture and it's such a great story. It's an imp- it's an impressive uh, image, if I do say so myself. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so let's open it up a little bit more and, and talk about trying to steer away from the, the the cliche of how did you get into photography and what was your first <laughs> camera, but you know, you did start in photography at some point, and where did you actually pick up?
1: Where did you pick up a camera first? High school. High school. Where was high school? High school was in Dodge City, Kansas. Away. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Boot Hill and all. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, I actually took an art class. I, I tended to be a little bit more um, drawn to the arts when I was younger. I didn't have a whole lot of talent in drawing and painting and that sort of thing, but I knew there was something there, so I took photography and enjoyed it immensely. And then when high school ended, so did my photography at that point. Hmm. Not sure why. Okay. So,
0: like me, you're relatively new to Fort Worth though, aren't you? Yes, under two years. Okay, where'd you come from before that? I spent 10 years in in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay, so while in Phoenix, what brand uh, of camera were you using? Did it start with an N? A C, a a P perhaps? What?
1: Um, I actually started with Nikon. I, at some point in time, my Nikon camera broke. It was more expensive to fix it than buy a new one. I put the camera down for quite some years. My wife always recognizing the passion. Uh, She consulted with another videographer friend of mine, and he suggested that she buy me a specific Canon camera. So I shot with that cannon for quite a while, and um, I actually dug really deep into the cannon and figured out um, about everything it was capable of doing and upgraded the cannon to another cannon and upgraded that cannon to two more cannons, oh. and and that's when... That's actually how we met. Yeah, well no, um, I actually started shooting Sony right before we met. Oh. oh yeah, I should mention that, but I switched over from... Well, no, that was kind of the punchline <laughs> right
0: there that we blew, but I wanted to kind of rewind before we talked about the, the transition from Canon to Sony, because that just seems very uh, in vogue, shall we say? A lot of people are doing that. A lot of people are transferring whatever brand they shoot now to the Sony format. But before that, I, we never get an opportunity to to discuss one thing. And the fact, and the thing is this: that it's okay to not be so brand specific. Absolutely. Because I started off on a Pentax camera. And then I went, my first digital was a Fuji S5 and then that was kind of a Nikon thing and so on. I'm a Nikon shooter, but honestly I'm a Nikon shooter because my dad was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people do get in the rut of this being so grand royal for something either emotional or or what, and it may not always be the best choice for them to limit themselves so much.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. and. I actually still shoot um, a handful of Canon cameras because my, or Canon lenses because my, my Sony allows me to do that. So I'm not necessarily, I want to say, brand loyal as much as I am uh, functionality loyal, and it's Mm -hmm. it's it's what works best for me, and so that's why I use it. You have good buzz terms.
0: I'm writing them down. Functionality loyal. Keep misspelling loyal anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, th- that's a good point, and I'm not saying that one brand is better than the other again to our listening audience because if they're not, they're all just different. They have different functionalities, they suit different needs. One's better for sports, one's better for portraiture, one's just better for your hands. That's actually how we typically try to sell cameras. What fits better in your hands?
1: Um, how does your current setup? lend itself to the way you travel? It allows me, um, so just for, like you say, the listening audience, I shoot the uh, Sony A7R three as well as the Sony A9. And then I shoot, uh, when I travel, strictly Zeiss Batis lenses. Yeah, that's key. Yes. Um, I am a huge fan of the blue label, <clears throat> the Zeiss. Not the whiskey. But the- that's not bad either, but I. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a huge fan of the Zeiss glass, and it comes down to performance, and it comes down to giving me exactly what I want, the look I want, prior to um, post processing. And it, it uh, yes, it allows me leeway. It allows me um, limited amount of post so that I can provide an image right away if I need to for um, whether it's an NGO when I'm out of the country, um, whether I'm putting up images while I'm traveling, which I'm usually exhausted. So it, it, it allows me that sort of leeway, plus a size factor um, yes. is huge.
0: Now, no, I'm gonna pause you real quick, because you mentioned something about leeway factor, just kind of having latitude to adjust. Now, is that a full frame issue, or is that do you think that's actually brand specific?
1: Um, I think that has a lot to do with the glass.
0: <clears throat> okay, sorry, I didn't mention this. Necessi-
1: yeah, not necessarily. And it's, it's the look I'm going for. That's all it comes down to. Uh, the, the Zeiss glass gives me impeccable sharpness, compact size, and it renders the image in sort of a textured, old-world mm. look that I love. And that's me. Old world look.
0: Can you riff on that for a sec? Um, I've not heard that before. And incidentally, and, and, and again, as we proceed with this, these these interviews, they're not commercials. We're not here to kind of yeah. influence brand selection or lens, whatever, one way or the other. But it just so happens that Zeiss does make lenses for other brands, Canon and Nikon.
1: Absolutely. And you're telling
0: me that it lends an old world
1: look to your images i've not heard that before the the transition between the softness and the sharpness in every image has huge latitude for me with zeiss glass so the parts that i want soft are incredibly soft and the parts i want sharp are very sharp but when you look at the image it gives you a feel that you're looking at an antique art, uh, uh, um, photograph. Hmm. Yet, when you dig into it, like you pixel peeper people, pixel the peepers pixel peeper will. Peeper <laughs> yeah, you're still going to get that. You're going to see the pores. You're going to see, you know, the the blood and the pupils and you know all of that stuff. But as an image as a whole, because you transparency to it. Yeah, and... you get that that feel that it that you're looking at an antique photograph um, which takes you either back to a time that you remember or a loved one or whatever else and I just, I, I adore that. So let's be fair, so there are a lot of benefits for your
0: transition, from your transition to your new lenses and cameras. Has there been any downsides? Or obstacles I should say?
1: Uh, there is a learning curve. Uh, that's pretty extensive when you go from a DSLR to a mirrorless um, once you master that learning curve and you figure out the differences it's like no holding back so I would have to say that um, it, it's, it's a commitment that you have to make wholeheartedly if you're gonna make that commitment because there are going to be many frustrations when you're figuring out the differences between the, the DSLR and the mirrorless whether that's going from Canon to Sony or Nikon to Fuji or or whatever.
0: I'm actually going through Fort Worth PhotoFest.com. That's Fort Worth PhotoFest.com. That's photo with an F, by the way. And yeah, it's a shameless promo. Don't get me wrong, but um, I am going through the events, and I'm actually trying to remind myself what day your event is. It's on a Saturday, I believe. It's the it's... 16? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Help me out, man, where are we? There, trust me, with, with over 40 and soon to be 50 events, it's tough to keep track, but it's May 17th at 4 p.m. 17th, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I can't wait to see your presentation, because the last time I saw one from your images from Africa, it's, it's impressive, it, it's stunning. I'm trying to think of all sorts of great Adjectives, but um, it's emotional. The images that you capture, at least from the ones from Africa, they're really uh, touching. And the stories you kind of lend to it, which are easy to tell because you're looking at these storytelling images, people were weeping. Yeah, in, the, in those presentations.
1: Yeah, and and I hope that that the images alone, um, I hope would entail that, and it's. It, Here's the thing: is there was with the Africa presentation, there's joy, there's pain, there's suffering, and all of that. And, and I want to make sure that that comes through on all levels. And that, and my India trip was somewhat a little less emotional. Yeah, in just a different way. Um, It was it was it was emotional, but it was it was less heart wrenching, I guess I should say, and it should be and it might be just where the place I was in my life at that time and and the reasons that why we were in Africa versus the reasons why we were in India that changes things, um, and, and that probably will come through in my images.
0: As we wind down this small interview, uh, tell us more about the giving lens.
1: The giving lens I stumbled upon last year they are an organization that through photography and photography teaching they do humanitarian work Um, they bring funds and awareness to NGOs all over the world and they take a small group of selected photographers led by two individuals that are photographers themselves but they pair up with an NGO and the Photographers that are on this traveling trip teach as well as learn. The leaders are there to help the photographers that have traveled expand on their photography, but in return, they we bring donated cameras to a community to a specific NGO that we've paired with, um, which Fort Worth Camera has donated in the past on my last trip, which was fantastic. And they they, they give these cameras out to generally uh, poverty um, areas, children, for after school programs and the photographers that have traveled on this trip spend 3-4 days with these children teaching them how to use the cameras, uh, teaching them about composition and lighting and that human connection, all of that to leave them behind something that, that is artistic, something that maybe they will make a profession of. Anything to keep them interested in learning, which keeps them interested in school, which raises the education level of the entire community. You know, I believe
0: that the children are our future, and if you happen to teach them well, they will. Didn't lead the way. <laughs> um, And that's a clue because our final question is: Does Fort Worth ever cross your mind? <laughs> oh, good, you got it. Yeah, good. I it's got a it. musical. Yeah, weapon. yeah, there I we got go. it go.
1: Um, I do like Fort Worth. There are many things about the places that I've lived before that I miss, but the thing that I don't miss at the other places that I live that I do get here is, I know it's a cliche word I've been using, but the human connection. Um, The people here are fantastic and whether it's, um, you know, the girl behind the counter at the Chipotle, whether it's (laughs) You know, uh, I've got a
0: girl behind the counter at the In-N-Out Burger. There you I go. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I
1: guess I should mention the the girl behind the counter at the Water Burger because I am in Texas. Oh. Uh, but the, anyway, the, the the which one? <laughs> I uh, don't that's, know. that's
0: okay. okay. We do to get that personal.
1: Anyway, <laughs> just the people in general are um, welcoming. They're inviting. They're real, and it's the part of um, I mentioned earlier. Going out of the country, the, the the human connection that I feel like is missing in a lot of places here in the United States, Fort Worth not necessarily being one of them.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean you and I actually moved here to Fort Worth probably around the same time, I think, and uh, I've uh, experienced the the very same sentiment of uh, togetherness, honestly. And I don't want to get too Dr. Phil on you about how great Fort Worth is. The Fort Worth is pretty great, and I think we're very, very proud to be the purveyors of photography in Fort Worth in North Texas. And on that note, I, I can't wait to see you at the Fort Worth Photo Fest. You can read all about uh, Brandon's presentation at Fort Worth Photo Fest, with an F, dot com. May 17th at 4 p.m. is his presentation, and I invite you, again, uh, listening audience, to tune in. I don't know how you tune in on podcasts, but... Uh, You know, this might be playing on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, until
1: then, photo for all, baby. Greetings from Fort Worth, Cameron, Fort Worth, Texas. Thanks for having me.